Welcome to the 624 Pod, your home for all things independent films. We're going to discuss all the positives and negatives when it comes to independent filmmaking. We're going to have incredible guests from the film industry talk about the behind the scenes experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, and how the industry has changed in the past 10, 20 minutes. Yeah, minutes, hours, years. years. That's the point. It's always changing. And of course, we will always focus on independent filmmaking right here in our state of New Jersey. I'm Tom Baldinger. And I'm Mark Rigadana. All right, let's do this. So, Mark, we are here at the top of our second season. I can't believe we made it to two. (laughs) (laughs) So, I want to share something with our... uh, Yeah, how did we make it to two? Uh, Pretty amazing. I think it was it went it went pretty good. I was it did. We had we had a lot of great stuff happen in the first season. I think looking at our lineup of what's coming up, I think season two is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we had some great guests in season one, and then season two guests are just as good. Yeah, I won't say even better because then that insults then the other people. Season one will get really mad. We'll get some hate mail. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so real quick, man. So I just want to uh, you know it's the six twenty four pod. Uh, we talk about independent filmmaking um 624 colors right are red white black um and that was inspired by the great eddie van halen oh yeah Uh, and eddie van halen's guitar was known as the frankenstein right that was his first uh and my family knows i'm a huge fan you know i'm a huge fan (laughs) i brought you slippers you did you brought me van halen slippers the red and white striped slippers (laughs) uh so my birthday was a was a couple of a couple weeks ago and my family, my wife, my daughter, my son, my brother, my mom, and my dad bought me this piece. And so I'm, it's now going to be part of our set, uh, which is uh, the oh. Frankenstein uh, guitar replica. It's a replica, uh, and it's awesome. It's got the, uh, yeah. you know, it's got the, uh, the quarter that he drilled in, right? And it's got the reflectors on the back here. Uh, and I do not play the guitar, but it is a... It, it, you, it does play. It does play. I plugged it in, and uh, I was able to do a little, a little, uh, a little, uh, you know, little, little tapping. That's all, right. all I can do. That's it. That's, That's it. it. But it is going to be now part of our uh, of our set until my wife sees this and says, "What in God's name are you doing? Please put that back in the house." <laughs> do you know how much that cost? Um, so, look, let's move on, man. Let's get to our guest. We got a great guest today. Do we? Yes. I'm so excited for you two to meet. Yes. Um, she was the director of my dry bar comedy special. And I got to tell you, the, uh, I'll, I'll tell the story and then we'll bring her in. I don't know if she knows the full story of the uh, of, of what happened. I went from a corporate gig that was in Dallas, Texas. We're supposed to fly out to Salt Lake City. Okay. And then from there, take a car to Provo. But there was weather issues so my flight got canceled and then there was a technical issue so the other flight got canceled so i got pushed to a flight on standby okay that if i landed and got straight in the car i might be able to make it (laughs) so i'm on the phone with the producers basically saying i'll let you know if i get on and I'm on standby, and if I finally get my break, that oh. I'm going to ha- get to do a special. Like, this is a huge deal for me. Yeah, I'm sweating bullets. I'm nervous. I can't. I, and then all of this crap just piles on and piles on. But I keep trying to stay positive. Of course. 
I'm wondering if I should rent a car and just drive through the night. Like, I'm not sure what to do. Right. But I decide to wait and see if this happens. I'm on standby, but the lady told me at the desk, she was like, look, there's like three canceled flights. So everybody's waiting oh. to get on this. Oh, no. And I explained to her and I wasn't being like, I wasn't complaining. I wasn't right. being a jerk, but I was like, this is just my luck. Right. I finally get my break as a comedian that I'm going to get to do a comedy special, which is a huge deal. And it's with Dry Bar, which is a huge deal. Yeah. It's like I'm having that m moment and then watching it pull off, you know, like watching the plane take off without me. And um, she goes, well, I have you on standby, but it doesn't look good. I'm waiting. The thing goes up. Everybody boards waiting to hear if standbys getting put on. Yeah. Nobody's name gets called. I grab my luggage. I start to walk away and I'm going to call once I get out of the, the, uh, terminal. Yeah. And as I'm walking away, I hear my name come over the PA. Mark Rigadonna. Mr. Mark Rigadonna. <laughs> and I go up and I go, I, I, I'm Mark Rigadonna. And the lady goes, they asked to not be named, but somebody gave their seat up for you because they heard your story. Oh, wow. I got on the flight, <laughs> flew in, got a cab. You know, the, the, they set us up with a cab. The driver was amazing. He made me feel so calm the whole drive to Provo. Yeah. Because he was. we talked about food, which always makes me happy. <laughs> and I got there just in time to go. I showered. I did, you know, got cleaned up and then went to the, to the, uh, um, uh, studio and I walked in and I met the team and every, all of that nerves, all of the, uh, stress of all of that stuff went away because of how good Tess was and her and her crew just made you feel like, you know what? We're in good hands. Everything's fine. This is going to work. And it's great. It couldn't have went better. But this is Tess Kelly. I'm sorry for the long, long, long intro. Oh, it's a great intro. <laughs> Thanks for coming on to the show. Thank you so much. Hi. Thank you, Mark. <clears throat> it's so great to meet you too, uh, Tom. Uh, Mark, I didn't know that story. That's, that is incredibly stressful. I had no idea. I think they said one of the comics is running late. And I was like, okay, cool. We'll wait. And I don't even remember if like we had to wait a no, long right. time for you because of just the way the schedule is set up over there. Yeah. Um, but I made she, it the, the, the early part where we recorded. Yeah, no. Yeah. So you, yeah, you got everything finished. Like I think we call that the, the tip video or whatever, but you, you did, but then did you decide not to do it? No, I was supposed to go first, but then I ended up filming third because I warned everybody oh. that I was going to be late. But I made it in time to watch the other two guys record theirs. So, yeah, yeah, it and because being pushed to third, but I made it in time. <laughs> Man, that is wacky, and I'm so glad that it worked out. And that that kind citizen, whoever they are, um, <laughs> was able to make it happen for you to come to do your special because that was a good night. Um, I apologize as I can't remember the other folks who were with you that night, but it was just like one of the strongest ones I've seen. Um, so much fun with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Their, so crew, their crew is like seamless. <clears throat> like you never felt like there was a whole recording going on. That's awesome. Which I think is, and this is my opinion, uh, Tess, you, you actually direct comedy specials, so you can obviously uh, tell me I'm wrong, but I feel like the trick 
of making a comedy special good is not letting the comic know that it's being taped for a special. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tess, tell us about this dry bar comedy, or both. Both tell tell me about what's what what's this all about? Yeah, so um, dry bar comedy is basically its its purpose, and I I'm a I'm a freelance like producer director here in, in Utah, so. Um, Allie at Dry Bar would know more than me, and you can double check my facts with her after this. But it's essentially a platform. Yes, yeah. Yeah, from my perspective. That, yes, yes, yes. It's essentially um, a platform for comics um, of all shapes and sizes to kind of come on and do um, a stand up uh, routine that is basically uh, catered to audiences that don't adhere like sex jokes jokes about like substance abuse um try to limit like crude jokes um like cringe free yeah yeah nice yeah um and uh and it's been really neat for me because i like have met mark and a ton of other really talented comics that i wouldn't have been able to know about or like spend time with and also get to direct their comedy specials and so one of my key roles in the back is just to like be taking brand notes so that when it goes to the editor, they can be like basically dry bars, like EPs and creators and stuff can take a look and see if a joke has to be like tweaked or removed or something like, I don't know, it could be, there might be like a bathroom joke and I can say, Hey, I'll leave it up to you guys, but this may or may not be on brand. Um, but for the most part, everyone comes on, does an excellent job, and then their specials come out like six to twelve, sometimes eighteen months, just depending on how deep the backlog is um, now, later. And they do really well. Studios, Angel Studios. Yes, right? through Angel Studios. Yes. Very yeah. cool. Very very cool. And you and you've done other work with them. Um, not with Angel. I've done work with um. So Angel is owned by uh well it's kind of created by neil no is it neil Harmon? yeah i've done some work like decades ago with the Harmon brothers which is like an ad agency that started before angel studios started so mm-hmm. i produced like the first um poopery british girl sitting on the toilet commercial in like 2013 <laughs> uh with them that like went like hugely viral um and then dry bar comedy happened because um, the production company that, that they hired to kind of, like Mark said, to make it all seamless and feel like you're not having five or six cameras on your face. Um, uh, they hired a production company, Mystery Box, and the Mystery Box brought me on to direct because of my background uh, working at BYU Broadcasting. Very cool. So, yeah. And you're originally an East Coaster. I am. I am. My. Uh, my roots are in Westchester County. Um, most of my family, including my parents, are in Utah now, but I have one brother that's still holding out strong in Park Slope in Brooklyn, so we nice. appreciate that. <laughs> we appreciate that. Didn't make the journey west yet. No, he he uh, he knew where the, the best bagels and pizza was, and he, he knew to stay there, so <laughs> he, he made the right choice. You um, write him letters. Please yeah. send bagels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Tess, with your background, um, you know, uh, and six twenty four prod uh, pod is a, is about independent filmmaking. Uh, mm-hmm. That's some of the topics that we like to talk about. So, 
tell us about some of your experiences in independent filmmaking and you know you know some specifically nuggets. what made a a young tess sitting in westchester go i want to make a film there you go that's a great question and this might be too long of an answer so it'll be up to you, you guys to, long answers yeah to, oh good good um so my parents are both uh very creative people um my dad was the creative director at Ogilvy uh, in Manhattan for 19 years, and that's why we were in New York. And prior to that, he did um, work for, uh, it's now called Boncom, but it's the agency that does a lot of the brand work for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, because of a successful like PSA campaign that he and a bunch of um, people did, he got to basically start working at uh, Ogilvy as an art director and then move up to a creative director. Um, and so I grew up around my dad, you know, working in Midtown Hell's Kitchen. And um, I had a sister who worked with him on some Huggies commercials and he'd go to, you know, he was working in the nineties when everyone had the big budget. So he'd go to Europe a lot and do Amex commercials and all kinds of stuff. So nice. I just kind of grew up around that. And then my mother is also extremely talented was um, so my parents both grew up in Salt Lake in Salt Lake. She was like one of the outstanding like high school actresses in Utah and studied theater wow. at the U university of Utah. And so they kind of raised us to be all these bumbling creatives. Um, and some of us have made money and some of us are still figuring it out, you know? So um, right. Uh, with that, like I studied at BYU, Brigham Young University, and I went in kind of not knowing what I wanted to do. Um, but I've, I have, uh, there, so there are nine children in my family. I'm the eighth I of nine. That was my next question was, yeah. So are you on the ladder? Wow. Nine. Nine. Yeah. And, and where, where are you on the ladder? I'm the eighth. So there's wow. a, a baby brother who's taller than me after me so uh you know it is what it is genetics um but uh so i was setting up BYU because my dad um he got a uh professor job teaching there as a professional uh professor not an academic um and so uh got to BYU he was teaching advertising my dad but i had siblings um, still studying at college um, in the film program, uh, the media arts program. And it kind of just worked out that based on just working with my sisters on stuff and like on some faculty mentor projects that I just started kind of enjoying that community, made a lot of good friends and then ended up in the film program um, yeah, uh, yeah. with a focus. Yeah. Kelly Productions. You have I know, right? Cool People crew. say that, and I'm like, it sounds good on paper. It's just <laughs> hard when we all want to. No, no. I, I, my sister and I actually we work together a lot. We have a small little production company called Seventh and Eighth, and have done some stuff. So that's oh. always good. But What's yeah, your role in, in in production. Um, I typically am producing, but with Drybar and other things, directing has just kind of been really great and fun and. Um, because of my ties kind of at BYU, kind of doing all kinds of stuff. Um, so I graduated in film, you know, did freelance for about four or five years, ended up at BYU Broadcasting as a line producer for um, their sketch comedy show at BYU TV called Studio C. Mm -hmm. um, 
was there for four and a half years, kind of doing Studio C and some other projects. And when you're around um, talented people who know how to work with very little, well, not very little, but low lower budgets because it's a nonprofit network, uh, it kind of, you need to be creative and kind of step in and pay close attention to what everyone's doing so that if anything happens, you can kind of walk into a role and like, uh, there were days where a stage manager might not be able to work and I'd have to, you know, call the shots on the floor, you know, or we need X, Y, and Z in the control room. And I'd have to know what X, Y, and Z was to communicate that to other people. Mm. So, um, Drybar happened just out of my experience being a producer and having the ability to kind of bounce around and, and know enough about a job <clears throat> and each person's role, um, that like, the directing just felt natural and was easy and has been really fun. So that's kind of how dry bar happened, but lots of producing experiences, good and bad. And, you know, just learning from um, project to project. What was your first project that was you consider your baby? Like it wasn't like somebody brought you on and said, can you help? Like this is yours. That's a really good question. Um, I will think about that. And nothing's immediately (laughs) coming to mind because there's like been so many, but I think the first, the the one that I love the most is, was like what I submitted to um, uh, be accepted into BYU's film program. And it's like basically a two minute, like short doc. I filmed it on one of those like flip video cameras in like 2010 you know, and it's this, it's like this little doc about, um, my nieces and it's probably one of the, my favorite things. It's just like me following them around. I was there for a summer in New Jersey, helping my sister. And I was like, Oh, I need to make this thing. And, um, yeah, like I love it so much that I quote it all the time. Like it's like a family, (laughs) like we like quote it for, for fun. So that's probably been my favorite one. Um, But I'm trying, but I will think about others, Mark. Um, ask me that question later and I will see if, uh, <laughs> if there's another answer. So, yeah. So, so producer, director, which, you know, like, I mean, I, which do you prefer? I, for me, you're definitely director. You think so? It's in your blood. When we just hang out, you have director thoughts. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's a good thing. But I like producing, though. Like yeah. I, I like putting all the pieces together, but I, I guess you're, yeah, I don't know. What about for you, Tess? What do you, what do you prefer? Do you, if, if you had a choice between the two, what do you prefer? Um, I think I prefer, I, I prefer producing, um, mostly because of the way my brain works. Like I really enjoy seeing the full picture, even when it can be really overwhelming. Um, but at the same time, I feel like directing, is such an interesting experience for me because I have, you know, my produce, my, 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 my producerial background. Right. Um, so I know all the work that's taking to get to me being in the director's seat. Um, and I don't want to be a director that's like taking that for granted. And I want to mm. also know, um, what my next steps are before the first step even happens. Again, I think that's because of my, producer experience and background um so i enjoy producing just because it's natural but i really like putting that director hat on just to kind of appreciate all the work going into it and the work going out so like like going after after i've 
done my my part of the job. What about you, Mark? You I, you've produced, you've directed, you've acted. Yeah. Well, you you still <laughs> right. Yeah. So what do you? What's like? Here's the thing that where my problem is is I love the idea of directing because I love working with the actors, mm -hmm. and I love working with camera, mm -hmm. like camera people. I don't necessarily want to hold the camera because I don't know what I'm doing. But I love, I have opinions when it comes to the actors and the camera. The other, but the problem is I don't have opinions on a lot of the other stuff. Mm. Like when it's like, you know, setting up how you want it to look and how you want it to feel and how you want, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. That's the DP. They're the pro. <laughs> like, so I like, I, maybe I'm not a good director because I, I'm so open to to opinions the other people's but that's that opinions i mean that's that collaboration I like... right i mean that that could be called a, a lot of collaboration right yeah. i mean and you and i were just talking about a, a project that that's going to be coming up in a couple of months and a new young director right so tess we have this new young director who's possibly you know that 624 might be working with and you know he's he's yeah. a young guy and he's got a lot of you know experiences but it's like also wants to produce and 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 wants to do a lot of things and he wants to have his hand in all the pots which i think is is trouble because especially i mean if you're clint eastwood it's one thing right 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 or mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. you have million years experience and you have millions of dollars <laughs> to fix problems and to hire people to be your eyes to be your ears to be your where it's like when you're brand new it's i feel like it's like I, I get it because you want to really make it your baby, but at the same time, you can't over. And it's tough, right? To ha like, Tess, would you agree? It's so hard to be a producer and a director at the same time. I think that is, you know, and, and then, you know, if you're, if you're like a Mel Gibson or a Clint Eastwood and you're performing it, good Lord. But like just producing and directing, there's a lot of work, right? Yeah. There's a lot of. It's a lot of different, you know, it's two hats, but it's a lot of different hats, right? I mean, Tess, what 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 would you what, what do you think about producing and directing at the same time? Do you if you had a choice, would you do one or the other or would you want to do both? Um, that's a really great question. I feel like I've done both. I I did both kind of when I first kind of walked into Dry Bar and it mm -hmm. was a lot of work. Like I I and I told like the person who hired me, I was like, it'd be great if I just had a PM or a, you know, a coordinator to just like throw some stuff onto. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it can be stressful and it, and it can be, I feel like um, on a project that's like smaller, like uh, for Dry Bar is a good example of this, where if you, if you're the one that's producing and directing it basically like, and if you don't do the lunch order, no one's going to get fed. Right. So it's right. like, Right. And but you still have to kind of be prepped and know who you're working with that day. So like, do you make sure lunch gets ordered, or do you you know? So it's like, or can you find the time to prep too? So it's just interesting because there right. were days where I was like, I want to be ready, but I need to feed my team. So it, you know, stuff like that. That you know, you know, it's funny. Some people who are not filmmakers who are going to be listening and watching this go. 
What's the big deal about lunch? ordering lunch? Just get somebody to order it. But you've got to think about, all right, I've got timing. Timing. How many hours has everybody worked? When's our break? Can we really take a break in four hours, you know, in two hours from now? Because we're in the middle of a shot. And if we stop this, that means we got to shut momentum. all the lights down. We got to shut, you know, everybody's got to move. And then we got to come back to this shot, right? So it's it's not just, oh, let me just order a couple pizzas and everybody can eat. And on top of that, yeah. you got people who are, you know, they're vegetarians, they're vegans. Uh, somebody's got a dietary, you know, they, they're lactose intolerant, you know. <laughs> I always, I, I find it so fascinating when there's like the shoots going on and they're like trying the time when to get the food and stuff because yeah. like the actors and crew kind of turn off once they know foods. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. And to get everybody back. And especially if it's a, if it's a highly <clears throat> scene or a highly dramatic scene, and you've got to stop because either A, you ran out of time and crew's looking at you going, um, I need my break, right? Or you have actors going, I need my break. And to bring them back to that level, it's, it's you know... It's it, a lot of stress. It's, That's... So so if it were me, I say that I if I could have a producer, if, I'm, if, if I had a choice, I would choose directing first based on how much I love the project. Mm -hmm. Right. If, I, if I'm not in love with the project, I'll produce it for you. So have someone else handle the creative piece of it. But if I really love the project, I think I would rather someone else produce. It's such a mixed bag because it's like even with acting, I love acting. Yeah. I hate watching me act. <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing worse in the world than watching yourself. Oh no, for sure. I, 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 but I love doing it while I'm doing it. That's why I think I like theater so much, is because there's no proof. <laughs> <laughs> how about how about you, Tess? Have you ever gotten? Uh, and I and I apologize. I should probably know the answer to this question, but have you ever gone in front of the camera? Have you ever performed? Oh no, I haven't. I um, I Not even kind of freeze. I I have done a I think I've done a actually I have done a cameo I did a cameo as a DJ in um this little web series called Loving Life that my sister produced. Uh, Where can we see that? Uh, um, on YouTube. Nice. Yeah, it's called Loving Life. L O Life spelled L Y F E like a like an influencer would um. We'll spell, grab you know. Link. Yeah, we'll grab that link. It'll come right. It's gonna yeah. come right across right now. There it is. Um, oh, so. It's Beautiful so, link. Um, so, so yeah, everybody That's, go check. Uh, yeah, uh, I yeah, I I did that for um my sister and my uh the the folks at JK Studios because they were um the original cast members of Studio C and then they left to do like their own kind of independent style stuff and my sisters produced a lot of work with with those folks and I've did in touch with a lot of them so. Um, yeah, that's that's the biggest cameo is uh, DJ TK Thrills. So nice. Look look for that on Loving Life. Um, but similar to what uh, you said, guys, is I feel like that whole break thing and like getting the crew and cast back into into the pocket is such. I think I feel like it's only people who who worked in the industry would only really understand what you guys are talking about because in order for you to like understand the stress of like we have to feed people but also i want to finish this work 
Um, right. It's like, it's bigger than any group project. I mean, I bet if engineers at NASA were watching, they'd be like, yeah, we know what that's like, but it's <laughs> when you're making a telescope. And we're like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, but it, it's such an interesting thing because um, I think in order for, for it to go well, you still have to take care of your people, right? And you have yeah, to man. be so reliant on those collaborators who are surrounding you. And I've worked on projects where I'm like, oh, I'm really feeling affected by this person's energy and they're weighing this whole situation down. That as I've like worked on project to project and bouncing from thing to thing, I've become basically more aware um, to how people's energies like affect me and how sensitive I am to that. Sure. That like mm -hmm. um, I feel that through my experience, like I found that um, if you have people that can feel like you can trust the director, the producer, um, and even the department heads that like things just move easier and faster and getting back into the pocket takes a little less time than if, you know, you're bringing on the best X, Y, and Z in the biz but that person might be just like crapping all over everyone's energy and like ruining the vibe of the day. So <laughs> it's really like being an, a, a weird reference, but being a good producer is like being a, a good offense alignment when it goes well, nobody notices right? Mm. for the really great, like the really great people that will be on a set and go, yeah, this you're doing a good job. The average person has no clue it's going well. The only time anybody remembers you or says something is when it's going horrible. Right, right. <laughs> good producer just gets by every day and nobody talks about it. But that's a good point, though. People in the industry, you know, actors, crew, if the producers treated them well, right, and yeah. and they they walked away from it, they know that if I get a call from from if I get a call from Tess or I get a call from Mark or Tom and I had a wonderful experience as either an actor or as a crew yeah. member, I want to work again with those people, yeah. right? And that's and that's you know that's why it's it's really important I think for for people who are listening in independent filmmakers, you know if you're if it's your first time or your twelfth time being a producer and or a director, treat your crew great. You know, yeah. and, and treat your actors great, too. Like, always think about what, you know, like one of the things I and I think I'm a little annoying about this is sometimes I'll walk around set and I'm, I'm you know, in between shots. I'm asking, like, how you doing? You OK? Are you OK? You OK? And like even my wife has said to me, she's like, OK, Tom, leave them alone. Like they got work to do, <laughs> you know, because the last thing I want someone to do is at the end of the day go. It's terrible. Well, a, a true testament to what Tess's work was, uh, and I'm sure and not the not to say anything negative towards any comics, but the comics are so nervous because they're, they're doing their art that they probably don't notice. But I guarantee some of the best compliments that you can have is that the comics go through it and almost feel like, like they, they don't even realize that there was production. Right. Cause they just mm -hmm. do. And then at the end of the night, you'll come over and go, Hey, good job. And like, Oh, hey, yeah, that's right. I, I. And that's a testament to your work. And, and I'll tell you, Tess, when, when we were putting together season two, Mark told me how wonderful of, a, of an experience he had with you. And he's like, oh, we've got to get her on the show. And I said, well, let's, was, let's get her on. Let's talk. And it's so wild because I, you and I talked and I know you're, you have like with film background and, you know, working on 
that and the idea of producing and directing and doing that with stand-up is it's a whole different world i feel like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i don't oh, even, sorry. I, I if you without giving away any of your secrets of of you know that you might not want to give away like can you walk <laughs> us through like what goes on and a, a step by step because i don't even know how you would go about like if uh, the day they go okay you're hired as a you're going to be directing a comedy special mm. like where do you begin <laughs> like, great question yeah no that's a that's a again another great question i and i really was like what do i do in a little bit because um i was coming in <clears throat> at season sorry i i missed that well oh, not like you can go over the script because mm. you're no getting- you can't you really can't yeah like and i <clears throat> i was coming in season nine um of so so they'd already done about eight seasons of stand-up with you know hundreds of hundreds of comics that i that i was also like unfamiliar with how big of a market it was too so i came in like you know trying to figure out how to help them manage um their brand that has a very specific brand with new faces you know every night three three new faces um so working with the dry bar folks and also the comics it was like this really interesting dance of okay i'm not gonna give away my concerns to the comic because i that's not my call here because the the call is always the the brand or, or, or the client that um as i did you know more and more i was like oh, okay i'm picking this up i can kind of see that um you know it this is either a first time person coming in um mm. they may have never done anything in front of the camera like i like you know look them up online like look re- read their bios um if if they've done stuff with like comedy central or gone on late night or you know any of those other like talk shows that helped me know like okay they're comfortable with 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 the camera if they're performing in front of an audience, they've probably done this book before. Um, that that's why I really enjoyed the tipping video portion because I can kind of get a sense for where they're um like where really they are. Good. Exactly, like where their strengths and, and weaknesses are. And um I feel like there was one round where like it was like three weekends in a row where um we did these tipping videos and for the folks listening, Drybar has a a, a unique system where at the end of the comic special um, the, the comic will pop up and say, Hey, thanks for watching. Um, if you really like what, what, what you saw, you can give me a money, a, a tip and it'll go <laughs> directly to me and all this stuff, which I think is like super smart. I mean, it's a cool concept. It's great. It's a cool, it's a cool concept. Um, some people chose not to do it. And I also respect that too, because it's kind of like, well, why should I ask them to give me money? You know, like it's a, it's a whole thing. So like, so, um, but in those scenarios, I'd basically have to direct the comic to say X, Y, and Z if they weren't, you know, hitting, hitting the three important things, which was their name. Thanks for watching. Give me money, you know? So, and everyone did it, did their own way. And I didn't want to like crap on that either. So it is like a, a dance of making sure 
the comic who's there to perform feels welcome and taken care of and that the client also is happy with what, what you're getting so that, you know, they can keep bringing comics in and giving comics a really good experience that, um, yeah, it was just a whirlwind of, um, that client and talent, like working together really closely to make sure that the product uh, continues to be successful. It was really interesting. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. It just, it's funny. So a friend of mine, his just came out uh, maybe two weeks ago or a week ago. I don't remember, but we were both at the Borgata and um, we were talking about it. And he was trying to figure out if we were on the same season. And he started talking around the backdrop. And I'm like, I don't even remember about the backdrop. Hmm. I remember you and I remember the comics I worked with. And that was the only way I could tell like him because he's like, well, and the backdrop was there. And I was like, I have no clue. I was so <laughs> I was so like in the moment that I like right. a lot of details went right sort of by bla- me. blacked out. You're just you're you're in that. Yeah. You're in and that it was zone. like just yeah. the important people I remembered like immediately. <laughs> so yeah, Ted- there have been some funky backdrops. So I don't blame him for remembering that we. Um, <laughs> And they were and they were really fun. Like I've I've loved everything that our production designer has done, but there there are some that kind of like stick out. Um, <laughs> so that that's really interesting. I always loved hearing what what people take away from like experiences because I feel like mm. like I could go to New York today, and it would be completely different experience for both of you if like we met up in New York, right? Like everyone is like taking in, you know what. Um, <laughs> you know, what they care about or what speaks to them more. So that that's really interesting. <laughs> so Tess, we, um, the last couple of minutes here for the, for the show, this is something that we ask all oh. our guests. Uh, and we didn't prep you for this one, but we think, we think you can do this. We think you can answer this <clears> question. <throat> question is, we'd like you to tell us your three top movies. You got it. Um, I like this question because for me, it's like, a rotation of like 10 to 20 that just kind of are always right. there. Finally, um, some admits that exactly. it's like it, it, there's a whole bunch and I'm just going to pick three of the whole bunch. Exactly. You know? Um, and like, there's sometimes there's like new ones that, that I'm like, Oh yeah, I love that movie. Um, one that I just watched a couple weeks ago that I love with all my heart is bridesmaids. Um, nice. One good. of my favorite, favorite Fun. comedies of all time. Probably. Very, very funny. It's, it's fun. just so good. Right, but it also has meaning to it. No, it's a good flick. I, it's great I, enjoy, I enjoyed that movie. Great choice. Good choice. Yeah. It's just solid. It's just solid. Um, another one that I love, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this one. It's Selma, directed by Ava DuVernay, um, about no. the Dr. King's march to Selma, uh, yes. Alabama. Okay. Yeah, very strong movie. Yeah, I have a yeah. friend who actually, uh, his grandfather was on the wrong side of that story, Ooh. and he was telling me about like when he was learning about his family history and how he was like embarrassed by it. Wow, very uh, that's that's like wild. Wow. Like wow. you know to be like, oh, that's grandpa. <laughs> no, yeah, it's that would be. Whew. That's a reckoning. Oh, that, that's rough. But good for him for like acknowledging it and working through it because some people don't. And or they stick with grandpa <laughs> instead of 
the right thing. Yes, yes. Um, and then I think my favorite movie of all time is um, It's a Wonderful Life by Frank Capra. Uh, ah, perfect timing, too, with Thanksgiving and the holidays coming right yep. around. The corner. Yep. Very good timing. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Tess, thank you so much. This was this was awesome. We'd love to have you come back uh, for maybe later season two or season three. Yeah. Uh, this more. is this is really a great conversation. Uh, real quick, do you have uh, anything you want to plug while uh, while we got you here? That um, come on, you can I, do it now. Sag, everybody. So. <laughs> I think um I I know that I need to be better about sharing the specials that are coming out on Drybar because I feel like a whole bunch of them just keep rolling out. Um, really loved Marks, uh, and there's just been a bunch. So if you watch Drybar, search my name and see what I've been attached to because everything's really solid over there. What, so what is the yeah. site? So drybarcomedy.com, and then use promo code Mark Riccadonna. There you go. Um, yes, we'll, we'll put that across <laughs> on, on the. But check out everybody's, not just mine. There's yeah a bunch of them. Watch all of Tess's because she's my favorite. Awesome. Tess, thank you so much. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for uh, for tuning in to uh, the opener of Season 2. Uh, 624 Pod is brought to you by Central Jersey Nursery. Uh, it's located in Hillsborough, New Jersey, my hometown, where I live now. And uh, it's, a, it's a great place. If you want to go get your Christmas tree, they've got some wonderful, wonderful trees out there. Did they cut them down for you, or do you have to go out and cut them? Uh, no, they're already cut. Oh, and yeah, go to them. No, they're great. It, they're, their trees are beautiful and uh, good good group of young guys and, and young young people who work there. And uh, they, you know, make sure you tip those people who are putting that tree out on your on your uh, on your car. Yeah, because they could they could scratch it up if they wanted. <laughs> Tess, thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Welcome to the 624 Pod, your home for all things independent films. We're going to discuss all the positives and negatives when it comes to independent filmmaking. We're going to have incredible guests from the film industry talk about behind-the-scenes experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, and how the industry has changed in the past 10, 20... Minutes. Yeah, minutes, hours, years. years. That's the point. It's always changing. And of course, we will always focus on independent filmmaking right here in our state of New Jersey. I'm Tom Baldinger. And I'm Mark Rigadana. All right, let's do this.